I hope that you've been enjoying our service so far today. In my previous message in the Change series, I talked about the importance of changing your mind and your attitude. If we want change to happen, that's where it needs to start and where we need to make sure it's changed before we really can make any other changes in our life. So once we have changed our mind and our attitude, then we can move on to begin changing our behavior and our lifestyle. Last time we looked at Ephesians chapter 4 from verses 17 to 24. The passage continues in verse 25 and it says this, So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed, we thank you for your holy word. We thank you for the truth that is contained within these passages of scripture. And Lord, we pray indeed for your blessing upon this message. May you indeed come and speak to us through your Holy Spirit and encourage us and enable us to make the changes that are necessary. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. The Apostle Paul here continues to urge his readers to live changed lives, not only changed in how we think and our mindset, but also in how we live in our actions. That is essentially our lifestyle, a changed lifestyle. You see, I can know in my mind what I should do or what I shouldn't do. I should know all those things, but unless I put them into practice, unless I actually live in that way that I know that I should, then there's no evidence really of changed behavior. And so he urges us not to just think differently, but to be different, to have a changed lifestyle and a change in our behavior and how we act. So in order for us to make sure that we're doing those things and changing in those areas, first we need to make sure, as the scripture tells us, make sure you tell the truth. Make sure you tell the truth. Right there in verse 25, it says, so stop telling lies. Make sure that you tell the truth always. You see, lying is a habit that can easily become out of control. 
it starts small, but then it grows and it grows and it grows to the point where it's just out of control. And you know that if you tell a lie, that you feel bad about it, but then that lie grows if you continue it. And then you need to tell another lie to cover up that lie, and then another lie to cover up that one. And it just continues to go on. You see, lying is that thing that people don't realize that can cause major problems in your family, in your marriage, with your parents or your children. It can cause major problems for you at work or at school, with your friends, at church, with each and every relationship that you have. Problems can be caused because of lying. And even if it's just a little white lie, a lie is still a lie. And most of the time, we really don't even need to tell a lie. You see, if you don't want to tell someone something, instead of lying, you can simply just say, I'd rather not talk about that, or I'd rather not say, I don't feel comfortable talking about this, or if you want to know, then you can ask so-and-so, or you can ask this person, but you really don't need to lie. Lying disrupts unity by creating conflicts. It destroys trust and essentially it tears down our relationships. And you know that after you've been lied to, it's very difficult for you to trust someone again. It's very difficult for you to believe what they have said now that you know that they've lied. And the same goes for us. When we tell lies, it compromises our integrity. It causes people to wonder, are we telling the truth? Are we surely being honest with them? And it takes time to regain people's confidence in us. Are you a person who is honest and trustworthy? Are you a person who tells the truth? Someone who tells the truth and doesn't need to convince someone whether they're lying or not because you continually tell the truth. Simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. We can be people of integrity, people who tell the truth, people who can be trusted because they know that what we say is true. Also, in order for us to live changed lives, changed lifestyle in our behavior as well, we need to secondly deal with our anger. Deal with our anger. The scripture tells us in verse 26 and 27, and don't let sin, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. I believe that this is relevant to all of us to some degree or another because we all get angry at times some more than others, but each of us gets angry at some point. And so it's very important that we look at what makes us angry, why it makes us angry, how can we prevent that, deal with that, de-escalate the situation so that we don't allow anger to cause us to become out of control. Pastor Nick, in his recent messages, preached a two-part sermon series about managing your anger. And in case you haven't watched that sermon or listened to it, I want to encourage you to make it a point too. It is an excellent, practical 
message series. And I believe that it's helpful for each and every one of us. We need to be aware of our anger because it can cause major problems for us. If we allow our anger to get out of control, to get the best of us, it can cause serious problems that we don't think of in the meantime, but it can have long-term consequences. And I have seen many problems occur because of people getting angry and their anger getting out of control. It can lead to serious consequences like repaying large sums of money because they damage property or they damage something or break something in the course of them getting angry. It can lead to charges and even jail time. There are consequences to our anger. It can lead to broken marriages or broken families. It can lead to major problems if we do not manage our anger properly. You see, here's something important to note. The Bible doesn't tell us that we shouldn't feel angry or that we shouldn't get angry, but it points out that it's important for us to handle our anger properly. It's how we handle our anger. It's how we react when we get angry that can lead to potential sin and cause problems. So getting angry in and of itself is not a sin but it's how we react when we get angry that can lead to the sinful action. The bottom line is this. If we do not deal with anger properly, we allow it to fester and brew, and over time, it will get the best of us and continue to control us. If vented thoughtlessly, anger can hurt others, and it can destroy our relationships. If we bottle it up inside of us, it can cause us to become bitter, and it can destroy us from within. In a 1994 article, War's Lethal Leftovers Threaten Europeans, Associated Press reporter Christopher Burns writes this, the bombs of World War II are still killing Europe. They turn up and sometimes blow up at construction sites, in fishing nets or on beaches 50 years after the guns fell silent. Unexploded bombs become more dangerous with time. With the corrosion inside, the weapon becomes more unstable, the detonator can be exposed. What is true of lingering bombs is also true of lingering anger. Buried anger eventually will explode when we least expect it, and cause us more problems and heartache. Paul tells us to deal with our anger immediately. He tells us to deal with it so that it does not get in the way of our relationships, so that it does not get in the way of us living a holy life, but deal with it right away. If we nurse our anger, we give the devil an opportunity to divide us. And there are a lot of reasons where we may be angry, and most of those reasons were right to be angry. But it's important that whether we're right or not, that we deal with it, and we do not allow the devil to use that as an opportunity to come into our life and cause us more problems and heartaches. We can be angry at a situation that happened a long time ago, or even recently. 
We can be angry at a person who did something to us or what they said to us. We can be angry at God for not healing our loved one or not taking away a sickness that we have. We can be angry even at ourselves and blame ourselves for something we did or didn't do. Whatever the reason may be, may you choose to ask God to help to remove that anger, that bitterness, those feelings, so that he can replace them with peace, with joy, with love, with patience, with kindness, with all things that are of himself. May you pray and ask God to help you day by day. Maybe you need to ask yourself this question. Am I angry with someone right now? It could be a spouse, it could be a parent, it could be a child, it could be a neighbor, it could be a fellow church member, a coworker, a brother or sister. Ask yourself, am I angry with someone right now? And if the answer is yes, and most often than not, there may be someone that we're upset with, even if we're not angry with them. Ask yourself, how can I resolve this conflict? How can I cause myself to de-escalate the situation so that we don't remain this way? Deal with the anger. Deal with the issues so that you can move on from it, so that you can break free from that, so you do not have to live in the bondage of anger. Don't let the day begin and end. Don't let the day end, sorry, before you deal with that anger, before you deal with it and help to mend that relationship. Another way in which we can help to change our behavior and our lifestyle is number three. Use your hands for good. In verse 28, it says, if you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others who are in need. You see, it's important for us to make sure that we use our hands for good. God has blessed us with health and strength and opportunities, and we need to make the most of that by making sure that whatever opportunities come our way are pleasing to the Lord. And so whatever opportunities you may find yourself in, make sure that you are using them for good, that you don't give in to temptations that may come your way to make a quick dollar, but compromise your integrity in the end. Also, be generous with what you have. Make sure that whatever you do, you're doing right in the eyes of God, that you are using your hands, your talents, your skills, all that you are for good, for the glory of God. Also, it's important, number four, that we watch our words. Watch your words. In verse 29, it says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words may be an encouragement to those who hear them. As a kid, like me, you've probably heard that phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, it's not true. Words do hurt, and sometimes it can hurt even more than broken bones because the 
things that we're told and the things that are said to us and the things that we say to others can have long-term lasting effects that can scar people and that can, it can carry it with them and go with them as long as they live and hurt them. And so it's so important that we are careful and that we watch our words. Watch what you say because words cannot be taken back after they're said. That's why I believe we should be quick to listen and slow to speak so that we can truly think about what we need to say before we say it. Because you know that there have been times in your life and others who have said things to you that they've said it in the moment, in the heat of the moment, without thinking, and it's hurtful. And you've probably said that too, in the heat of the moment, something that later you regretted saying. That's why we need to be careful and watch our words. And going with my point about anger, it's also important that before we react to a situation or before we say something, that we allow ourselves time to cool down, to calm down. Because you know that when you are angry and upset, that sometimes you can say things that you don't necessarily mean, but in the moment you're just so upset that you allow your anger to get the best of you. And you can say things that later you will regret. And so calm down, take some time before you answer, before you talk about the situation, before you deal with it, so that you can make sure that you aren't going to say something that you will later regret. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 1 tells us that a gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. How true that is, that in how we speak to someone, how we speak to others can either deflate the situation, de-escalate the situation, or inflate or escalate the situation. If someone is angry with us and yelling and screaming, notice how it can change if we speak in a very calm and gentle tone, that they eventually will calm down. However, if they're angry and upset and, and we join in being just as angry and loud and upset, it doesn't help the situation. And so practice that. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Watch your words. Be careful, not only in that, but be careful with what you say using foul or abusive language. Don't use those kind of language. If that's something that you've been used to using, ask the Lord to help you to be careful to stop using that kind of language. Stop swearing. Stop using those words. Don't engage in inappropriate discussions or dirty jokes. Watch what you say. The Bible tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Watch your words. You have the ability to do that. Also, in order for us to have changed behavior and a changed lifestyle, we need to get rid of all of the things that are hindering us from a godly lifestyle and behavior. We need to get rid of those things. The Bible goes on to tell us in verses 30 to 32, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. 
Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Don't grieve the Spirit by the way you live, but instead live a changed life, a godly life. Do things that are pleasing to the Lord, not to other people, but what is pleasing to God. Ask yourself that. Because we can bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit by the way that we live. We can. Paul warns us against unwholesome language, bitterness, improper use of anger, harsh words, slander, bad attitudes, and all of those things towards other people. And it's important that we are careful with how we live and what comes out of our mouth. Instead of acting that way, we should be striving to act as Christ, be imitators of him. And so ask yourself this question. Are you, am I, bringing sorrow or are you pleasing God with your attitudes and your actions? And when I talk about lifestyle, I talk about, refer, talk about it in referring to the way that you're used to living, in the things that you're used to doing. And so it's important also for us to reevaluate our behavior and our lifestyle, to make sure that it aligns with how we should be living, to make sure that we are making the changes that are necessary to improve ourselves. So things in your lifestyle can simply be things like what you spend your time on. Are you spending your time wisely? Or are you wasting a lot of time on the internet or social media or Netflix when you could be investing that time in something more meaningful and devoting that time to doing something that is serving God and serving his people? What about in the types of clothing that you wear in that lifestyle? Ask yourself, in what I'm wearing, am I dressing appropriately or am I showing too much skin? What about in the friends that you keep, that lifestyle? Are your, the friends that you keep, are they causing you to sin? Are they encouraging your relationship with Christ? Are these people who you can witness to and talk about Jesus openly with? What about in how you spend money? Are you charging way too much on your credit cards and racking up so much debt that you can't afford to pay it and it's unnecessary? Are you buying things that you don't need or can't afford simply because you want to show other people that you have it? Are you living above your means? Maybe it's time that you reevaluate how you spend your money, make a budget and stick to it. And sometimes, that includes having to give up certain things and make certain sacrifices in your life. You see, some of the things that we buy, aside from, of course, food and basic necessities, are not really necessary. And so ask yourself this. Instead of racking up more debt or putting yourself in a situation where you can't pay, ask yourself, do I really need that new dress? 
Do I really need those new shoes? Do I really need to buy that purse or buy that latest iPhone or that new gadget that is out? And if the answer is no, then maybe you need to pass on that so that you don't have to spend that unnecessary money. You see, there are areas in our life that we can improve, that we can change, but we need to first be willing to make those changes. Are you willing to reevaluate some areas of your life and see truly what you can change and how you can improve? The most important thing is for us to make changes to improve our relationship with Christ, improve ourselves as Christians, and aim to please God in everything that we do. My goal in this message is to urge you to live changed behavior and changed lives. Change your lifestyle. Change the way that you behave. Change the things that you do. Because at the end of the day, it's all about us bringing glory to God. Make sure you tell the truth. Deal with your anger. Use your hands for good. Watch your words and get rid of the things that hinder you from a godly lifestyle and behavior. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for this time that we can share together. And Lord, I pray for each and every person who is watching online today, that Lord, you would bless them and that you would help them. Lord, we pray that you would help to bring about change in our lives, that you would help to search us, that you would help to uh, cause us to reevaluate certain areas in our life that we can improve, that we can work on, that we can essentially change. And so God, we pray that you would help us in our behavior, in how we act, in the areas, in how we live, oh God, we pray that you would truly help us, that in everything that we do, we would bring honor and glory to you alone. And so, Lord, thank you for each one, and we thank you for this time and for this service today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.